It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Miami Heat, but Darius Baisley breaks out in the starting lineup. An update on the JRE and SGA and Josh Giddy kind of learned how to play together so far this season. We'll talk about that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rylan underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Miami Heat after battling back from down 21 points. Josh Giddy and SGA learning how to play together. Jalen Williams has a fantastic second half. And Darius Baisley once again flashes his role that he should be in. The question is, how consistent can he be in that role? Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Thunder, making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. A lot on the docket. Today, we're going to recap this heat game Friday. I'm going to give you a mailback episode, plus give you probably my hottest take yet Saturday. Going to do a Minnesota recap Sunday, recap of that uh, Memphis game Monday. Checking in on Usman Jang and his ceiling Tuesday, a Portland recap Wednesday. Going to re-rank every Thunder player on the roster Thursday, another Portland recap. They do that little baseball series with Portland. And then Friday, when will this team declare themselves and what will that declaration be? So as you can tell, a lot to look forward to. Subscribe on YouTube, like on YouTube, comment on YouTube, and also anywhere else you get your podcast from. Comment down below on YouTube who you think the MVP of this game was, because there's actually a lot of candidates for the Thunder. But we start 
the way we always do with our game overview. The Thunder did not have Chet Holmgren out for the season. Kenny Hustle, who is still out with that knee sprain, and the Thunder play uh, Minnesota Friday. We'll see if he's back for that game or upgraded at all. And then Jeremiah Ramatsunro, who left the game Monday in Dallas with that awkward fall and that gruesome leg injury. He has a impressive sprain, according to Mark. Uh, Mark says it's an impressive sprain, so I guess it's pretty gnarly. And uh, Coach Agon does say that it's week-to-week and not day-to-day, and so we'll see kind of when he comes back. Jalen Williams out of Arkansas out in the G League. Usman Jang out in the G League as well. So is Lindy Waters for the Heat, the big you know, notable egregious out is Jimmy Butler, who's out for uh, knee management. Also, Thunder legend, Yort 7, did not play either. He was also out. The Thunder starters were also their five biggest minute getters, and it was SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, and Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley making that first start of the year, being a staple of that starting lineup the last couple of seasons. But of course, when the Thunder lose Jeremiah Robinson Earl, they had to shuffle around their rotation a bit. We'll talk basically coming up, but let's lead off the show with Jalen Williams. Wow. Jalen Williams is going to be the launching point for tomorrow's hot take. It's not specifically only about Jalen Williams, but he's a launching point for it. So get ready for that as well. In the second half, the Thunder were getting ready for their third quarter. And we know that the third quarter is where the Thunder thrive. They're the best team in the third quarter uh, in the NBA, according to the net rating. And, in the first quarter, these two teams tied 31-31. Second quarter, things got away from OKC. That's whenever the, 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 the lead for Miami ballooned to 21. And the Thunder had to make a run to close that second quarter uh, and make it manageable. Because you can't, you know, no matter how good you are in the third quarter, you can't overcome a 21-point lead uh, in, the, in the third quarter. You, you just have to get that down to, to double digits, you know, in the sense of you know, 11, you know, 12, 10, something like that, more so than the double digits of 21. And part of that, was from the Thunder going on a 22-3 to run across the end of the second quarter into the third quarter. And that third quarter started out with uh, Jalen Williams going on a 10-0 run by himself. So the Thunder, in the closing second and beginning of the third, went on that 22-3 to run. 10 of those 22 points came from a rookie, Jalen Williams, who just sparked this team with a 10-0 run by himself. And the way that he's able to score and impact this game, he's such an aware cutter. He's patient. He just is so advanced for his for his age and for his game and for his kind of you know status in the NBA. He's a rookie. He won the first rookie of the month uh, award in for that which which encompasses of course October and November. He is 21 years old and he did play at Santa Clara for 3 years, but his game still at that age should not look this mature. Now, it's no knock on Santa Clara, obviously, but I mean, that, that's a far cry from NBA talent night in and night out, and the NBA, of course, is a huge adjustment, but once again, the Thunder are finding these rookies, like Josh Giddy last year, who are able to handle the adjustment to the NBA rather seamlessly. Of course, there's still bumps in the road, and there has been bumps in the road for Josh Giddy even this season at times, and there will be bumps for Jalen Williams as well this season and next season, and, and as you kind of get accustomed to your new you know, NBA role and lifestyle, but... Nonetheless, the point is that Shaden Williams, with his patience, with his awareness, with his ability to, to cut and impact the game offensively at all three levels. In this game, he knocks down a couple threes, was so aggressive on the drives and the, and the rim finishes, including a, a massive dunk as well. He had 14 points. Now, here's the thing. 
and, and here's the adjustment for Jalen Williams eventually that he has to make. And, and be, hear me whenever I say it's, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to point out a flaw that's not a huge deal because he's only a handful of games into his NBA career, 23 games into his NBA career. He scored 14 points in this game, but only two points came in the first half. And in that first half, he only shot two times. For Jalen Williams, what's lacking so far this year, outside of that Spurs game where he goes for 27 points, uh, but but what's lacking overall this year for Jalen Williams' game is that consistency and that consistent approach of I'm going to be aggressive offensively in two halves. It's always been one, and usually the second half is whenever he gets more aggressive offensively, but he always is aggressive in one half offensively. But how do you put together a 48-minute game is going to be the next stepping stone for Jalen Williams. That's the next leap. For Josh Giddy. his next leap is going to be his three-point shooting, which is coming around nicely right now. And I love the progress he's made so far from beyond the arc. But for Jalen Williams, his next you know, kind of step on the staircase is going to be how do I find my shots, my rhythm, and my aggression in both halves? And typically for him, it's how do I find that aggression and insert myself into the game right away? Because he does it really well in the second half for the majority of the games he's played this year. He does it really well in the second half. But it's just having that, and I don't know what to call it, is it confidence? Like having that confidence to say, no, look, Shade's going to get his shots, obviously. Josh is going to orchestrate the offense, obviously. But I'm also here too, and I'm going to go and get my buckets as well in the first half and get my shot attempts in the first half. Again, only two shot attempts in the whole first half. And then, you know, doing that also in the second half still and putting together an all-around game. Two assists for him, five rebounds, two blocks on the defensive end. Huge for J-Dub, and Mark talks all the time about how um, much potential he has defensively as he continues to develop into his frame and also just into NBA life. Two for four from three, 60% from the floor. He has legitimate all-star potential, and there are just so many reasons to be excited about his future, to be excited about the Thunder future, and it's not as though all these players have so many red flag flaws, right? For Josh Giddy, it's the shooting. You know, the, the three-point shooting is going to need to come around. It's going to need to improve. And for Josh Giddy's shooting, while, while we're talking about it, I think that the that the step up he's made from last year, he shot uh, from three-point, he shot 26%, to this year shooting 32%. That leap, both in percentage, you know, in three-point percentage, but also in form, and confidence when taking the three. That leap is already a massive, significant jump considering the fact that he's only worked with Chip England for half an offseason because you can't really alter your shot or work on your shot necessarily in season. It's just You just can't do that. And, and Josh has even said you can't really do that. He said that last year. He said that this year as well. So from the time Chip was hired, let's just say that they got to work the next day. That's still half an off-season of work. This is going to take years. This is going to take time. And so for him to have already made this improvement from just one off-season, it is so encouraging to see where he will be next off-season you know, and, and, and the following off-season and, and so on and so forth. For Jalen Williams, like we just mentioned, it is putting together two halves. And if those two things happen, one for each player, then these two guys raise their game to such incredible heights where they join SGA, who's playing at MVP level. They join, you know, Chet Holmgren, who we think can be, you know, a, an all-star level player and who we think can be a franchise cornerstone type of player. And then we'll see what Ooze can be. We'll see, you know, what Jay Will can be. 
if we want to bank on Jay Will, but you know, Usman Cheng, of course, is the one that has these tantalizing uh, talents and high ceiling. But the ceiling of Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams are not that far away. And they don't have a bajillion things to work on. And, and J-Dub needs to improve his defense overall. I don't think that you're ever going to try to have him be a, you know, defend you on an island type of guy. He's going to be a good team defender, I believe, with his wingspan and his savviness. But I don't think that he'll be a point of attack kind of guy for any defense. But still, that can take a step forward, as as Mark has remarked throughout this entire season regarding Jalen Williams. But that's really the only negatives of his game. And he's only a rookie. So it's interesting to see what he comes, what he becomes in the future. Coming up, let's talk Darius Baisley, who got reinserted into that starting lineup due to injury tonight and played really well. And once again, shows his potential, shows what role he should play, but also shows why fans are frustrated. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at ExpressVPN, we all know that ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies, shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've ran out of stuff to watch on Netflix, or so you think, right? This is going to change your world, because guess what? ExpressVPN, it allows you to binge The Office UK on Netflix, right? You, you can see a whole new version of a show you might already love in The Office, only see how they do it UK style. It's so simple to do. Just sign into Netflix, fire up ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh, uh, refresh Netflix, and that's it. That's all you got to do. ExpressVPN then lets you control where you want sites to think that you are, and you can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through and see, you know, Korean dramas. ExpressVPN is there for you uh, with your Netflix subscription to see all of those interesting stories. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, including Hulu, including YouTube, you name it. It's there for you on any streaming service. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason that I use ExpressVPN is to show uh, and, and and have ridiculous fast connection, no lag, no buffering, stream in HD, no problems, and also, of course, for the safety factor of a, of a VPN with ExpressVPN. Also works on all your devices, your phone, your media consoles, your smart TVs, and more, which is not something that everyone else can offer you. So you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to ExpressVPN slash locked on right now. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on right now. Expressvpn.com slash locked on right now. Expressvpn slash locked on. I also want to tell you about driving sober. Folks, you're hanging out with some friends, putting a few back. We've all been there. A couple of Mickey Ultras in you. You never know. But a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. 
drive sober, or get pulled over. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you for your second listen. Check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the games that matter most, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the box score and behind the scenes with the local experts and insight that only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever else that you may get your podcast from. Darius Baisley. Bittersweet relationship with Baisley. A lot of the fan base doesn't like him. Small portion of the fan base still likes him. As for me, he represents the worst take I've ever had. I'm going to give you my hottest take ever on Friday against against Memphis, or before the Memphis game comes on Saturday. Now, my worst take ever, Darius Baisley, calling him building Black Baisley for the last three years, has been my worst take ever. It's not, it's not been kind to me. It has not paid dividends on Baisley Island. And even to this day, after just watching him play really well against the Heat, I still don't think that he has a future in Oklahoma City. And that bittersweet notion about Darius Baisley came full circle against Miami. Because depending on the type of person that you are will depend on how you feel about this game from Darius Baisley. If you're a glass half full person, you say, yeah, yeah, what a game from Baisley. I told you, I told you you could play. I told you you could play. This is why the the Thunder should keep him. If you're a glass half empty kind of person, you're going to say, wow, he played good one game. He finally adapted to the role he should be playing in this entire time. Why wasn't he doing this before? Why wasn't he doing this the whole time? And no matter where you fall, I can't really blame you. Because this game for Darius Paisley was perfect, folks. He was much more aggressive. He sat in the dunker spot and got fed dump-off passes. He rebounded from negative plays and didn't let it demoralize his whole game. First play of the game, where he was in the action. Makes a great cut. It was a great cut. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Josh Giddy finds him. Great pass. Baisley fumbles it out of bounds. That should, have been a, that should have been a massive slam to get the energy started, to get Baisley's game started. That turnover could have doomed his entire game. It didn't, though. Like I said, played aggressive, sat in the dunker spot, was involved in the pick and roll as the big man without JRE, which the Thunder need to do more of with him, and the Thunder also needs somebody to step up in these week-to-weeks before JRE gets back. But in that pick and roll rolling to the rim, he looked phenomenal. He had aggressive slams. He had this play where, where he had a ball fake, and then took a dribble in, stopped right in front of Bam so Bam couldn't contest, hit a floater. It was awesome. He had the huge block of Bam at the rim. He played switchable defense going on Tyler Hero whenever Hero got hot and was able to defend him on the perimeter and also, of course, defend Bam. The biggest thing is he was active in the corner. He was active on offense and not just sitting in the corner. He had a nice playmaking moment where he dumped the ball off to Giddy, who was, who was sitting on the low block for an easy layup, uh, You know, made the entry pass perfectly. He was drawing fouls. Now, granted, did not make his free throws, but still, he led the team in free throw attempts. Four for seven at the line. He's, you've got to make more of those free throws, obviously, as an NBA player and as somebody of Darius Baisley's stature, but still, he got there seven times. He played for the first time. I shouldn't say that, not the first time, but for one of the rare times in his career, he played aggressive, 
while playing under control. Not something you see every day from Baisley. Not something you see every day from Baisley. To put into perspective his defense, Bam Adebayo, who we all thought would have a huge game because the Thunder have no inside protection, the Thunder don't defend the paint very well, the Thunder don't have a big man, blah, 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 blah. Bam had 15 points, shot 38%, had five turnovers, and he fouled out. I did have 13 rebounds. It's a good game from Bam, 15 and 13, but 38% from shooting and fouled out after five turnovers. That's not an efficient game from Bam Adebayo. That's just not. And all things considered, especially when you give the context of this Thunder team so far, that is a great shot from Baisley. And Mark attributed most of that to Baisley as well. And so his overall stat line is 12 points, five rebounds, two uh, assists, a block, and a steal. He only missed three shots and shot 57% from the floor. Really good game from Baisley. First start of the season after being a staple of that starting lineup for the last two years. I still think it's too little too late for his Thunder future. I don't foresee him being in Oklahoma City next year. However, I think that he is showing you what his NBA role should be, and this is how he carves out a niche in the, in the NBA. This is how he creates a longer career for himself. It's the switchable defense. It's the activity offensively. It's getting to the rim and being aggressive. And that floater over Bam was not a fluke thing. He works on that before the game every single game. I have not once yet stepped foot in the Paycom Center, went down to the court and watched warm-ups, and have, and have not seen him work on his floater in the lane. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to work every time or that it's even a good thing to do, but in general, it is a shot he's working on. So so whenever you see him take it, don't think of that uh, Patrick, Ewing, Patrick Ewing clip at Georgetown where he's like, do you practice that shot? Do you work on that shot? Don't think about that, because he does. He does. This is a great game from Baisley. And look, I'm happy for him. I have my Baisley agenda. Don't want to don't want to get too high on it because we have to see Baisley stack these games upon each other, something that he has never done in his career. But this is the model, right? This is the formula. This is the script. Can he follow that script? Can he be consistent with that script? Can the Thunder give him that script every game? We'll find out. Seven game homestand, six more to go. We'll find out. There's still seven more home games in the month because they're going to go from this seven-game homestand, jet out to Charlotte, and come right back and play uh, Philadelphia. But we'll see. And and he's got a runway back now. He had a couple DMP CDs last week. We were kind of questioning what his future was with OKC. His runway now is back. So once again, Baisley's been given plenty of opportunity in Oklahoma City, gets another one. Now, you hate the circumstances it comes in. It comes in because of Jeremiah Rupsarl's injury, but he gets another opportunity. What can he do with it? So far, he has not capitalized on opportunities. Maybe this is different. But this is what should happen every single game. And as I've told you on this podcast before, I don't know if that's Baisley's fault. I don't know if that's the Thunder's fault. I don't know. And we're never going to know because they're never going to throw each other under the bus. But... No matter whose fault it's been to this point that it hasn't happened, don't care. It should happen now. Now it should happen with his activity. He should not go back to sitting in the corner. I don't want to see that. Don't want to see him sitting in the corner. Cuts, involved in the pick and roll, sitting in the dunker spot, going in transition. That's what I want to see from Darius Baisley, running the floor. That's what I want to see. So again, 
It's a bittersweet game from Darius Baisley because we can get so excited about it, but then also think, gosh, why wasn't he doing this all along? He's always had the athleticism. He's always had the ability to be doing this. He's a first-round pick. And it's never happened until now. And yeah, I shouldn't say never. It's happened in incredibly small doses. Incredibly small doses. It's like a NyQuil cup. You want to take a dose of NyQuil? Only you don't even fill it off the cylinder. You pour the NyQuil in the plastic cup and the cup, you can still see the, the white plastic on the bottom. That's how little you put in there. That's what it's like, what we've seen so far from doing this. But if we see more of it, then it will lead to success for Basley. What will lead to success for you is going to BuiltBar.com because going to Built.com will get you a protein bar in which tastes like a candy bar. Let me tell you, folks, got a big-time basketball game coming up Sunday. It's going to be the Thunder Media game. We're all going to go and, and have some fun, and this protein bar is going to give me the energy to go out there and post up Jerry Ramsey. Now, will I be any good? Probably not. Can I survive on the court more than five minutes? Probably not. But by golly, I'm going to try, and if I do succeed, it's going to be because of Built Bar. Built Bar is fantastic. Built Bar is what you need in your system, pre-workout, post-workout, as a meal replacement, as a snack, whatever you want to use it on. Listen, go on YouTube. Me personally, me, I use Built Bar as a meal replacement. It's that filling. It's that good. Check it out today. They have some some fantastic flavors, no matter what you like. If you like chocolate, if you like the, the fruity taste, whatever you like, it's there for you. My personal favorite is that cookie dough topper flavor. Oh my gosh. Anytime that you go to Built.com and you see anything that says cookie dough in it, do it. Because every Bill Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate on the outside. So that chocolate, that cookie dough, brilliant taste, brilliant combination. Check it out today, built.com. Make sure you go there right now. You can get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Check it out today, built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Lou Dort had an incredible game, honestly. Now look, no, stop, stop, stop. You're getting ahead of me. I know that the ending was bad with a few ill-advised drives at the end. But remember how we treated Poku after the Minnesota game. Everything leading up to the season opener Minnesota game, everything leading up to the last two minutes, he did perfectly. He had the horrendous miss at the end, which kind of tainted the game and the public perception. But let's look at Ludort's game. Season high from three, making four threes, four for seven from three, 57% from, from beyond the arc, 50% from the floor, a steal, four assists, 18 points. And again, did have a few ill-advised drives in the sense of that's not who you want driving, but we always knew that Lou Dort was going to be overly aggressive this year because he's the second most aggressive player on the roster. 
And that's why when we talk about how guys get better when this roster is flushed out, Lou Dort is among the top of the list because as this roster gets flushed out and as you add SGA, who is going to be ultra-aggressive, as you add Chet Holmgren, who can be ultra-aggressive offensively, as you have Josh Giddy, who can orchestrate an offense, as you have another 2023 first-round pick, uh, which will be a loaded draft class and has guys that can create their own shot and has guys that can be uh, focal points offensively, you continue to push Lou Dort down the totem pole, and then you're restricting him offensively to just what he's good at, the catch-and-shoot corner three, uh, the, 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 the catch-and-shoot three in general, just what he's good at plus that elite-level defense that he plays. So so the, the bad drive at the end of the game it's tough, right? It's 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 frustrating. You want to see this team close out games. You want to see this team win. That's a learnable moment for Lou Dort. That is a teachable moment for Lou Dort, who's still not old. Like, Lou Dort is still a spring chicken. I know we've been watching him forever. I know we've been watching him since before the pandemic started. But Lou Dort is 23 years old, not even hitting his prime yet in the NBA. And this is a guy that's made significant strides throughout his entire career, obviously, going from undrafted to a two-way contract to, to getting paid this offseason. And I know that it feels... Like, we, like we've seen his whole career and, and, and that he's getting on the other side of the hill. He's not. He's still learning himself. That's the whole thing about the timeline. All these guys are learning at the exact same time. And that's why they can do such great things like come back from down 21 points. They can do such bad things like get down 21 points and also blow a seven-point lead down the stretch because they're so young. And this is the best example of why you should go to the Paycom Center throughout this Holiday Hoops homestand. We're 27 minutes into the show, and I'm so sorry this is going to run long, but bear with me. It's, it was a it was a jam-packed game. We're 27 minutes into the show, and we're just now going to talk about SGA. We're just now going to talk about SGA. That is how fun this team is. That is how many storylines are on this team to watch. That is how exciting this team is with both a combination of young talent, names you're familiar with, and, and, and now with SGA star power. 17 first-half points for SGA. He is, in fact, the clutchest player in the league. He has scored the most clutch town buckets in the NBA, and he should have the first Mr. Clutch Jerry West Award. Thing is, though, I'm not sure the Thunder can obtain a record, no matter, no matter how good they, they are, even if they make the play-in. I'm not sure that they can obtain a record so good that the voters will vote on SGA to be the most clutch award player. I'm not sure how voters are going to vote on it. It's the first ever time there's been a Mr. Clutch Award, period. So we have not seen a trend yet in voter history, but... SGA leads the NBA in clutch scoring. That's got to go a little ways on your ballot to getting him the the Mr. Clutch Jerry West Award. By the way, Jerry West, Mr. Clutch, I digress. He had just a total game plan around him by Miami to double team and triple team at the high post, which he split a few times, but it's clearly difficult to play that way. Only six free throws, but he made them all, which is way down from his average of 10 free throws a game. 27 points, 50% from the floor, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal. Did have the 5 turnovers, though. So his 5 turnovers, Giddy had uh, 3 of them. You, know, you got to cut those down, but the Thunder as a team only had 14. So that's not a terrible number to have. Josh Giddy, speaking of Josh Giddy, just beautiful with the way that he worked uh, with the floater all night. It was an awesome game from him. We talked about the, the, the Chip England factor. He had the clutch time 3 in the face of Hero, which I don't think that he'd been, he would have been confident enough to shoot last year. Um, as, as a rookie, finished the game with 19 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, 60% from the floor, 1 for 3 from 3, only missed 4 shots inside the arc, and played really well with SGA. Like, this was a game, uh, and, and, and one of the, the best examples of a game, in which Josh Giddy and SGA played really well together as a, as a cohesive duo. So the Thunder lose this game 110-108. 
Heat once led by 21. The Thunder came back on a 20, on a 23 run. Thunder led by seven, but then blew it down the stretch. There was 13 lead changes, 13 uh, ties. That's just the kind of game that it is for OKC. Tyler Hero scored 35 points. The game winner was just unguardable. Uh, despite great defense at the end of the game, he just still nailed the game winner uh, just inside the arc, and he made nine threes. The Heat made 24 threes as a team. That's a franchise record, folks. After Dallas hit 22 threes last game. And I do buy into the notion, and we'll, we'll have to discuss this, you know, uh, you know, I'll have to ask around if this is a real thing with, with um, you know, defense, because I've never played in the NBA, but I do think that it's a real thing of the perimeter players and the perimeter defense, which has been lacking all season, and I've pointed it out since the preseason that they're really susceptible to giving up these open corner threes just based on how they're rotating and, and, and lack thereof of getting back out and rotating back out to the corner. I do think that some of that has to do with the perimeter defenders are all trying to to dive in and help in the paint. In the paint. They're all worried about, hey, how can I help out in the paint down low and defend the room? They're cautious of trying to get down there. And so when you creep down there and you can't jet out in time or you fly by them because you're trying to jet out to them too fast and go pull these open threes, yeah, they're going to splash 24 in. Dallas is going to hit 22 in last game, but that's not all on defense. Like a lot of that is luck just based on pure raw percentages. A lot of that is luck. No, you know, not to be that guy after these games, obviously the Thunder defense can be better from the perimeter, but you mix in, you know, maybe a lack of rotations at times. Plus with just a hot shooting night in general, boom, you know, you, you get the last two results, obviously very frustrating, whatever for the Thunder, their sharpshooter as Joe went over four from three. They didn't play Treyman in the second half, nor did they play Poku. Poku played eight minutes in the whole game. Treyman played five. So whenever you know two of those guys who are in your you know top ten of players just don't have it that night and don't play in the second half, you're not going to win very many games that way, especially whenever you give up 24 threes. Especially when you give up 24 threes. And here's the kicker: the, the Thunder didn't shoot poorly. You know, in general, in terms of in terms of just raw percentages, the difference is the Thunder attempted 24 threes. The Heat made 24 threes. The Thunder shot 50% from the floor, 37% from three, and 73% from the line. The Heat shot 43% from the floor, 42% from three, and 80% the line. But 50, 37, 73 is good shooting splits for this Thunder team, especially for this Thunder team specifically. That's good shooting splits. But you can't let a team nail 24 threes. The Thunder did call, uh, cover plus uh, three and a half, I believe, if I can do math quickly. Yeah, they did, right? Yeah, they did. And one little quick note. I love the lineup of SGA, Isaiah Joe, Wiggins, Poku, Muscala. And I love it because you can envision replacing Muscala with Chet, replacing one of Poku and Wiggins with a shooter in the first round of the 23 draft. And that's just unreal spacing and spray out opportunity to open up the offense around, around SGA. So with that being said, we'll get out of here. I ran long. I apologize. But we'll be back tomorrow for my hottest take ever and also your mailbag questions. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 